I'm starting to think 2020 is the year of awareness. Awareness about race, money, politics, power, inequality, identity, public health, and technology. While not as visible or visceral as those larger issues, the world's collective response to COVID-19 created a new awareness about the value of digital technology. This awareness could have a profound impact on the spread of cryptocurrency. Over the short term, it will not matter. Prices reflect daily battles of bulls and bears. Today's issue looks at the bigger context, a larger shift within the cryptosphere. It's the shift from people like you and me to people like your boss and your parents. Prepare for the early adopters. I report to baby boomers and I have friends who work with baby boomers. I know people in finance as well as business owners and executives. Also, I work for the US government, which is led by some of the world's least tech-driven leaders. Everybody's using the internet for work this year. Not just email and PowerPoint, but video chats, online training, screen sharing, Slack, Zoom, cloud storage, you name it, they're doing it online, remotely, and virtually. And guess what's happening? They're realizing with a little training and some small changes in habits, they can save a lot of time and money without losing too much productivity. Some even like it. For many, banking from home is a life-saving convenience. Video conferences are cost-effective ways to connect with friends, family, and colleagues. Virtual paperwork really is easier than ink pad signature stamps. Downtown real estate really is too expensive. My millennial subordinates really can be productive without coming into the office. You might not think these people matter for cryptocurrency. They embody the legacy system. They don't care about cryptographically secure, timestamp distributed digital ledgers. Nor do they think about the flaws of fiat money and inflationary central bank policies. Yet these people have money and power. They run our businesses and government. They hold as much as $70 trillion worth of assets, depending on what survey you believe. And they are no longer skeptical about digital goods and services. Inevitability is a selling point. This year, the demand for virtual services has exploded. While some of this demand will subside as life goes back to normal, some will stick. Some routine doctor's visits and most consultations many meetings, and almost every clerical or paperwork process will migrate to a digital platform. Companies will shift some positions to permanent telework. Mortgages and many routine financial transactions will settle using secure, internet-based commercial platforms. Companies will replace their payment processors with low-cost, more nimble platforms like Stripe. Even governments will change the way they deliver services and manage their money systems. Everybody wants to get rid of the patchwork legacy systems, paper checks, physical banknotes, and layers of databases. China is testing its digital yuan. The U.S. Federal Reserve accelerated progress on its digital dollar. None of these shifts need to include blockchain technology, and most won't. That's not the point. The point is more and more people recognize the flaws in our commercial and financial systems. COVID-19 has broken the status quo and governments have not offered any alternative. 
Meanwhile, DeFi has shown you that you can manage financial systems without governments. Bitcoin has shown you you can send money to people without banks. Altcoins have shown you that you can use money systems to solve social, political, and business problems. True, on a small scale, this is a young technology still developing. But as a person in finance told me, lots of his clients have a sense that crypto is the way everything is going. More people understand that crypto is not about creating a new Venmo, but rather building global, permissionless networks that all people and businesses can use. Of course, it helps that rich people and investment funds started buying Bitcoin as a way to gamble on the government's uh, recent money printing. But those people don't stick around. They're mostly not interested in building the financial networks of the future. They're just hoping Bitcoin will boom and make them money. If that happens, they'll sell. If that doesn't happen, they'll sell. They'll only stick around long enough to find out which result they'll get. We can take those people for granted. If anything, their money will push Bitcoin to its next bull run. It's all those other people that will send Bitcoin to those lofty, mythical prices everybody predicts, along with the mainstream adoption everybody wants. Normal people who believe this new technology will fix problems with the traditional financial system. Angry people looking for a way out, latching on to this new technology. Old people staking a claim to Bitcoin as part of their legacy or retirement portfolio. It will all seem more real because cryptocurrency has come so far since the 2017 boom. Many projects now have mainnets, dApps, and real usage beyond trading. Wall Street veterans now run crypto funds and crypto-related businesses. Universities teach blockchain. Some governments have crafted, have crafted legal frameworks to protect and promote cryptocurrency. Inevitability is a very compelling concept. Does that mean Bitcoin will get a massive rush of money and innovation tomorrow? No. It takes time for people to wrap their heads around what's going on. Awareness does not mean action. Wall Street has only just started to corner the market for their clients. The Lightning Network hasn't caught on the way everybody expected. And DeFi platforms still have operational, security, and regulatory issues to fix before most people, including myself, consider locking up their money in smart contracts. Your average person is worried about their job, their family, and so many other problems. Even if they had money to spare, they probably aren't going to put it into Bitcoin. That's something other people do. It's too risky. If you want that, that big, massive, life-changing bull market that sends prices into the stratosphere, this is a good thing. A very good thing. Because you need people to commit to this market. They need to care so much that they're willing to suffer through 30-40% crashes, threats of government bans, failures with DeFi protocols, faulty oracles, high transaction fees, and the general complexity that has characterized cryptocurrency over the years. Growth needs to come from conviction. The good news is, conviction has entered the markets. If you're a premium subscriber, you've seen the data validating that statement. If you're not a premium subscriber, I don't want to digress too much. I hope you'll take it on faith that what I'm saying is true. For the past few months, Bitcoins have flowed into the hands of long-term holders and institutional investors, people who are willing to ride the market up and down. Based on past behavior, you're not going to get a lot of selling pressure from them until prices go very high, very quickly, and they start pulling money out of the market. Meanwhile, minor inventories continue to dwindle 
as shown in the Bitcoin miners position index and the cut in block rewards. Sellers are leaving the market. Bitcoins are flowing to people with strong hands. When will new buyers arrive? I don't know. Google Trend shows worldwide searches for Bitcoin have gone up steadily since December 2019. In the past, that signaled future growth. And what about altcoins? This part of the market remains driven almost exclusively by individual investors and users, also known as retail. Only a handful of altcoins have enough liquidity for institutional investors looking to make an investment of any size on the open market. They may, they, they may buy alts in private deals, but you and I will never know about it. Still, the alts have seen strength over the last year. Sentiment, activity, and interest in altcoins has gone up steadily for months. While this hasn't shown up in prices yet, it will soon. A lot of amateur investors are selling the dumps, sorry, are selling the pumps now, so it's hard to get a lot of momentum. That'll change, and that'll change soon because people are buying the, because the people who are buying either have conviction around the projects that they're buying or enough savvy to ride the ups and downs without selling. But Bitcoin still leads. Altcoins make up barely one quarter of the crypto market, and almost no institutional investors can buy them except for their personal use. So you need to follow Bitcoin. Where Bitcoin goes, the market follows. Where's Bitcoin going? Probably up. Private Bitcoin funds have seen record-breaking growth this year. These funds only allow accredited investors, and they're raising money like crazy. Already, registered Bitcoin funds hold 3% of the world's Bitcoin. Who knows how much more is sitting in cold wallets and private accounts. And it's not just investors buying Bitcoin. Traders are accumulating too. In May, derivatives platform back saw more physically settled futures contracts than cash settled contracts. It's one thing to trade paper derivatives for kicks. Once you take custody of Bitcoin, you usually intend to use it. All my contacts in finance are buying for themselves and their clients. These guys are not selling at 10K and shorting all the way down. Yes, they hedge their bets with futures or options, but they do that so they don't have to sell their Bitcoin. They're managing risks, not betting against themselves. While crypto Twitter and your Telegram group brag about shorting the top, the smart money is loading up on cheap Bitcoin. Meanwhile, you, me, and the OGs continue to use and accumulate. We don't worry about who sold the pump or got wrecked. We're not timing the markets. We have strength and conviction. Our strength and conviction will send Bitcoin to the moon. It may not happen overnight, but it won't take much new money to cause that boom everybody expects. Smart money knows something that's easy to forget when you're in the crypto sphere. What is that? Crypto is tiny. Sometimes the numbers seem big. Binance is worth $2 billion. Coinbase, $8 billion. DeFi contracts hold over $1 billion worth of ETH. Brave Browser has 13 million daily users. Bitcoin has almost $180 billion market cap. Millions, billions. These seem like such big numbers. In reality, those numbers are tiny. Morgan Stanley makes $10 billion each quarter. BNY Mellon, BlackRock, State Street, Fidelity, and other medium-sized Wall Street firms make somewhere between 12 and $18 billion each year. Global investment portfolios include about $40 trillion worth of assets, possibly double that amount. 
The U.S. alone has more than $22 trillion in assets held by registered investment institutions, which does not include personal wealth and foreign accounts. Plus, you can add some of the new money that countries just printed. If you tried to chart Bitcoin on a, on a pie graph of the world's wealth, you wouldn't even see it. And what about altcoins? Why don't I include the alts? Because they don't register at all. Bitcoin takes up about 66% of the market with another 10% in stablecoins. Altcoins make up the remainder, barely 24% total. So why has Bitcoin's price leveled off? Why are so many people still selling and shorting the market? Because money doesn't drive markets. People do. As long as people want to cash out or play the market, it doesn't matter how much money is sitting on a bank ledger or in the safe deposit box. Who's cashing out? Who's buying in? That's what matters. Does it seem odd that the so-called Bitcoin maximalists and true believers keep selling and shorting at $10,000 or so they claim? while financial professionals accumulate hundreds of thousands of Bitcoins? Isn't, it, isn't traditional finance supposed to crush Bitcoin while maximalists carry the torch? Why are the pros buying when the true believers are selling? It's all about mindset. There's no reason to play day trader when we have such amazing things to look forward to. I keep my eyes on the data from Glassnode, Delphi Digital, newsletters, and other research services. That's where you can learn about what people are doing to drive the markets. You can see where Bitcoins are moving or what altcoins are getting inflows and usage. You can spot those big, huge shifts in the market and the behavior of people in the market. Growth and Lightning Network, Ethereum 2.0, the latest mainnet launch or altcoin partnership. These things will matter in time. For now, it's all about people. Who's buying? Who's selling? Who's using? Even if fundamentals mattered, how can anybody assess them now? All assets are, top, are, all, all assets are topsy-turvy. Valuations and metrics are falling apart. Correlations seem to have collapsed. Common sense seems to have disappeared. Worldwide, investors hold $12 trillion of negative yielding bonds, and they're almost certainly going to buy more over the coming years. The U.S. government flooded the market with dollars, only to see the price of dollars go up. In fact, USD has gone up 17% over the past two years and shows no signs of slowing down. What do you think will happen when oil markets recover and everybody suddenly needs petrodollars again? Residential real estate prices in the U.S. keep rising, even though 25% of workers have lost their jobs. The stock market is on course, for, uh, on course to recover all of its losses. None of these things make sense. Are we embarking on a new reality or are people just slow to catch up? I don't know. If it's hard to make sense of traditional assets that have long price histories and well-established metrics, how can anybody expect to measure the fundamental value of cryptocurrency? For that reason, it's important to stay diversified. I know it sounds terrible to say, especially when everybody's telling you that this is the best time to buy Bitcoin and I'm showing you all this bullish data and analysis. For all we know, it could take years for Bitcoin to get where we want it to go. Even if its prices go up, even if its price goes up, it could take years. Meanwhile, you need to, you need to pay for your bills, buy things, and do things with your local currency. Also, if you keep all your wealth in Bitcoin, you'll miss a chance to invest in other, possibly better opportunities. Any private companies that are raising money now and have strong balance sheets, teams you can believe in, and good products or services those companies will dominate the next decade.
you can get a 1,000x return from owning a small stake in one of those companies with no volatility. And in the U.S., tax advantages to boot. Also look for traditional investments, maybe even business ventures. Bitcoin's price will probably go up a lot, but it will certainly crash on the way up. Unless you're a premium subscriber, you will never know whether that crash will mark a typical 30 or 40% correction on the way to a market cycle peak or the beginning of one of those multi-year 80-90% bear markets that suck the life out of you and your money. Yes, I have a plan, but plans aren't predictions. The world is changing quickly and drastically. You don't want your whole financial fate tied to Bitcoin. My plan has a contingency that will force me to exit at a loss if necessary. I don't want to do that. I'm sure you don't want to do that either. If you put too much money into this market, you will find it very hard to leave if crypto really does fail. On the flip side, if we get the 10 to 100x returns everybody predicts, you won't need to put a lot of money in now. You can look forward to a life-changing once-in-a-generation windfall. A 2% investment could double your net worth. How greedy do you need to be? Just because stock to flow says Bitcoin will go to $288,000, you can't ever know how long that'll take or what might happen along the way. The model could fail. My plan could fail too. Never put all your eggs in one basket. Over the next few years, I expect to see crypto move from a tiny niche commodity to an established, robust asset class. Today, people are suffering from economic uncertainty, personal hardship, and pandemic disease. Massive social and political movements are sweeping the world. Crypto isn't really on people's minds. We have the good fortune to own a small stake in the financial networks of the future. Let's hope others will join us in time. I suspect they will. Meanwhile, relax and enjoy the ride.